I'm always into some other shit. I'm on that fucking new new. Sure. All right, cool. Welcome to Conversations for Our Grandkids. Uh, my name is Seamus Millar, and I'm joined, as always, by one of one, oh, my best friend in the whole wide world. Uh, <laughs> who I miss so much. Uh, his name's Adam George. Oh, thank you, big dog, Seamus. Thank you for that lovely introduction. Now, ladies and gents, I'd like you to settle in, put your earphones on, and get ready for some smooth, easy listening. Oh, dude, you sound like the lips from the Warriors. I don't know what that chick's what? character's name, but there was a black lady in the Warriors who was just like, Hey, babies, all oh, you bad yeah. boppers out there, ready for a yeah. throwdown. I actually, I watched that movie at your house, actually, right? For the first time. I don't yeah, remember, all the way through. Yeah, we definitely did because you kept being, you were like, you haven't seen the Warriors? And then for some reason, I forget why I was over your house, but or what was happening. But because I, I, I mean, think Jack was there that too. It was the three of us. Was it? Yeah, I think so. Good times, man. I, that was a good movie that I somehow had slipped by me all the all those years. And then you were like, yo, you want to watch the Warriors? I was like, hell yeah. Like, finally. Because one of my favorite things actually is to go back and watch old good movies, you know? Yeah, uh, there's a movie that I want to watch again that I've only seen once called Three O'Clock High. Have you ever seen this movie? No. no. Well, Three O'Clock High, um, I looked online and it got like weird, it got like really low ratings, but I thought it was a great movie when I saw it. It's just about this, It's it takes place during one day at a high school and this kid like pisses off a bully at the beginning of the thing. The boy's like, I'm going to beat your ass. And then the rest, of the, the rest of the movie is just about how he's going, he's like having these multiple schemes trying to get out of the fight with the guy. Like he's like trying, he's like going to the, he's going to like the security guard and stuff. And the security guard's like, I don't know, you're gonna have to fight him. I don't know. <laughs> have to... That's funny. Yeah, yeah. That's really funny. Was that is that a kids movie? No, no, not at all. It's like one of those weird movies where it's like PG thirteen, but I would say that nowadays it probably would have been rated R because they say some fucked up yeah, shit yeah. in there. They, you know, like gotcha. You know, mm-hmm. like Jurassic Park is rated like PG, I think. Yeah, and that's Jaws. hilarious because there's like people getting ripped to shreds yeah. in those movies. Who cares? As long as I don't see any tits. Yeah, right? How weird is that? As soon as there's a nipple, like, up oh, R. Yeah. <laughs> Push an NC-17. <laughs> I, I think that, yeah, I think that that's one of the more disturbing things, honestly. Like, I, I know I went on the on the last conversation, I talked about, like, the over-sexualization of America and, and or, or the West. But uh, I think another thing is the the glorification of violence in certain certain aspects, man. It's, it's 
a little bit disturbing. But look, I can't I can't say that I'm helping because I'm I'm totally down for a world star uh, hip hop fight compilation. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But although I'll say this, I can only watch like one or two before I'm like, what is wrong with the world? Why am I yeah. watching this? Yeah, yeah. You know what, man? I think it it comes down to a balance when it comes to violence, in my opinion, because we have to realize it for what it is, which is you know horrible and whatever but it's also necessary sometimes but if you fetishize violence then you get violence where it shouldn't be and that's not good you know and if you if you suppress violence then people will find weird ways of like exploring it you know so that's also not good we want to have like very clear rules about violence because it's a very like it's a heavy thing you know yeah speaking of which speaking of violence uh my boy Conor McGregor got fucking choked out last night by Nate Diaz. Oh, fuck. I knew that shit Damn. was gonna happen though. I, I knew his fucking number was uh his number was up because uh Nate Diaz is a fucking beast. And yeah. Conor McGregor, a great, amazing, gifted athlete who has gotten very lucky recently. Extremely fucking <laughs> lucky. I mean, did you if his last fight against uh I forget that fucking dude. The dude who was he was gonna fight like one punch KO'd him or something. And I was like, oh man, lucky as Mm-mm. fuck. I mean, mm. that dude fucked up and it played into his hand. And he's got this whole bravado thing. And I, and I know that at a certain point that has to end because it, it's like it's not like WWE or something like that. It, it's it's a fucking fight. And these these guys are not there just because they're super flamboyant not, or or you know. Uh, enticing characters, yeah. These these guys are gonna fucking fight, and Mm -hmm. and he also had to put on like twenty pounds for this fight, and I was like, nah, this dude's fucked. He's fucked. That's not good. Well, because yeah, yeah, because he's beaten like everybody in his weight class, or or not everybody, but like he 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 was like, oh, there's nobody who can fight me in my weight class. I'll just go up twenty pounds, and I'll still beat this guy's ass. And it's like, well, that's not really how it works, friend. Yeah, yeah. It's like I appreciate your uh, your confidence in yourself or whatever, but uh, let's let's think about this one long and hard. Yeah, because there's nothing like that first big loss that makes you look bad. You know. I mean, granted, props to him for doing that to 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 stepping up to the plate and being like, "Yeah, I'll just fight somebody." But I wasn't surprised either that he lost. That makes any sense, and I don't think it really takes anything away from him either, because in you know you're gonna lose fights. It doesn't make you any worse of a fighter. Uh, I think Ronda Rousey is a big prime example of somebody who is just so used to winning that this one loss, she's like, oh, I wanted to kill myself. I wanted to. It's like, oh, really? oh wow, nice. You wanted to kill yourself? Okay, great, great. You wanted to, you're, okay, so you're only okay with doing this when you're winning, I guess. <laughs> like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, a uh, game, like, she wants to flip the board. <laughs> yeah. Game over. She does kind of strike me as one of those people, though. She does kind of strike me as one yeah, of those people me who too. would, like, flip the fucking board if they're losing Monopoly or something. That's bullshit! Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sure she's, like, a f- awesome person and everything like that. Because, like, I watched not, her whatever UFC. I'm not convinced. I, I mean, in person, she's probably a lot of fun. I'm, I'm not... She's not... She wouldn't be my favorite person to hang out with or to, like, talk to, like, to, at any depth. But I feel like, yeah, you know, we're hanging out. Ronda Rousey's probably a... F- a good time to have around, you know, or a good person to have around. Yeah, that's but, true. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying she's the worst person either. She just strikes me. No, as but she does get on my doesn't... nerves, man. She gets yeah. on my nerves pretty, pretty consistently. It, like that whole like nerd shit that she or like oh, I'm a geek. Like like okay, I get like everybody is. You know, we're fucking soft in 2016 in America. Like everybody's a nerd in some kind of way. Can we just get over the whole like eh, I'm I'm weird? Like yeah, we're all fucking girls weird. can play can we... video games too. Like who the fuck yeah. said they oh, couldn't? Jesus. Oh boy, exactly. 
She's Louise. Yeah, so that like and it seems to be like she's like pushing that message like, oh, that's who I want people to think of think of me as, you know. But I would rather just like, hey, you're a UFC fighter. I only know of you because of the UFC. I just want to know, are you a good fighter or not? You know, yeah. that's more important to me. Yeah. I don't give a fuck about your your hobbies and shit. Oh, Rhonda. Oh, Rhonda, Rhonda, Rhonda. <sighs> she, Did she, has she fought since she lost? Well, she no, she, she hasn't. And, and the, the kind of a bummer thing is the girl that beat the fuck out of her uh, got choked out last night, too. So... Damn, it's anyone's game. So she, yeah, and it sucks because it sucks because the the girl that won was Misha Tate, who was Ronda Rousey's rival, which is what I think I mentioned this before. Her rival in the sense that she almost lasted a round or two with Ronda. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And she so she finally got the belt, but uh, I don't know, man. UFC is whatever to me, honestly, right now. I kind of I kind of went through that phase and kind of just like, I'll watch it every now and then. I'll watch a Conor McGregor fight. I'll watch a Ronda Rousey fight. But those cards are so fucking long i can't sit there and watch I'll, yeah i can't watch that shit yeah it's a lot it's a lot man and i get a lot of like gut reactions of like oh my god like they are fucking each other up and it just gets exhausting after a while to like be in that state of of adrenaline and like oh my god like this person's nose is broken like fuck that would hurt so bad like it's you know what i mean it takes a lot of energy to be in that mode for like seven hours <laughs> yeah because you, we watched the Ronda Rousey, oh no, was it? Yeah, it was one Ronda Rousey fight. Not the one where she lost, but the one before that, I believe, in Florida at the Wing House. And we were we got there, it was like 7 or something, right, that it started. And we didn't leave until like 1 in the morning. I was like, holy fuck, if I had known what we yeah. were signing up for, I didn't I know either. <laughs> I honestly had no idea because that was the first was time like, I'd ever watched like- one live. Yeah, I was like, it's, what, it couldn't be more than three hours, maybe three and a half, you know? Like, that That seems even a little a little crazy. But no, that shit went for seven, no, what was it? Seven hours? Yeah, well, what oh, I found no. out is that they don't Almost advertise seven, the hours. main card to start until, like, 10 o'clock. But I guess, the, I mean, I'm kind of glad we went there because we got our seats and everything and blah, blah, yeah, blah, Yeah, and blah, it got blah. fucking crazy later. We would have never found a seat if we hadn't got there yeah. at the time that we did. Yeah. Yeah. That was cool, though. Yeah. So, dude, I went to an RV convention. <laughs> <laughs> you planning on hitting the road? Uh, no, not not for those prices. Absolutely not. I'll rent an RV, no. maybe. But uh, I, honestly, dude, we were seeing some ridiculous fucking things. So there was this RV convention. My dad invited me. He just said, "Hey, you want to go? It's like ten bucks." And I was like, "An RV convention? Why not?" <laughs> like, what's the yeah. I, I that's I'm not doing anything on Saturday. Might as well go. And I go. And dude, the first thing we see is this big ass RV, hundred thousand dollars, comes with a porch, a porch Man. that folds out of it. That's insane! Wow, that is intense. How much does that cost? That was like a hundred thousand dollars, I think. the The most God expensive damn, that's one like a home. was three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. I mean, these were. I mean, talk about. I kept thinking, I was like, look, I, I know I've, I've never tripped on acid, but I was thinking, like, what would it be like to be tripping right now in this place? Because this is the weirdest shit of all time. This is the most, like, excessive fucking 
like over yeah. the top uh, misuse of wealth, basically. Yeah, yeah. Where it's like, why do I need a fireplace inside of my fucking RV? <laughs> you know? Oh Jesus, man, that's intense. And a flat screen TV and a fridge and three bedrooms and fucking a a, a, a up. There was yeah, an upstairs you... on one of them. An upstairs. Oh, that's insane. That is crazy on a fucking uh, a house with wheels. That's what it is. I really want one, man. I'm thinking instead of buying a real house, maybe I should fucking just get a, a really nice RV, like a porch style RV, you know? Yeah, that'd be cool. And you could just move around with that thing, park it somewhere. That'd be awesome, right? I wonder what the permits, though, are for that, where you're like, could you just park it for an extended period of time somewhere before somebody gets upset with you, or would you just have to keep it moving? You know what I mean? Oof, man. Yeah, I'd have to look it up. Also, I'll do my there's research. a lot of logistics, man. You got to figure out how to empty that shitter. Uh, yeah, that can't be too hard. You got to do it by your, with your hands. The guy was telling me. You just you fill up you fill up the tank. You go out into the woods every once a month or so. Just throw it out there. <laughs> no, the dude was saying, mother nature will take care of it. The dude was like, look, he was like, look, nature has a way of balancing itself out. Okay, this is a very nice RV, three hundred fifty thousand dollars. The only catch is you got to clean the shitter out with your hands, with your bare fucking hands. What? He really no, said no, that? No, no, no. <laughs> I'm fucking around. <laughs> Uh, but it was interesting, man. It was interesting. It was one of those things where uh, I, I tend to do things whenever I get an opportunity to go do some weird shit like that. I'm just like, yeah, let's see yeah. what this is about. I want to see this community, this weird community of like RV people who are giving me the specs. It was bizarre. <laughs> Selling jerky yeah. and shit in the fucking other. It was it was weird, man. It was pretty weird. That's bizarre. I wonder who the. What's what is their demographic of people who they sell RVs to? Well, like, what, I saw one they... black guy. Oh, nice! Out of like nice. fucking thousands. Did you put of your people. fist up like represent, brother? No, dude, represent. I crossed the street real fast. I was like, "Fuck that!" Oh, <laughs> damn! <laughs> I was like, "Oh, you guys better put your fucking uh, better lock those doors." <laughs> oh shit! He's going there. I would. I'm more curious, like who, like why, what are the, what is the reason why people are buying RVs? Is it because they're super rich and they want like a a second, like a vacation home on wheels that they can take their kids on vacation all the time, or the, you know themselves all the time and just be super comfortable? Or is it people who are like, well, I kind of want to live out of this thing? Um, I would, I'm guessing that's the the lesser of the two. I heard I'd something about a lot of farmers buy them during the off season when there's like literally nothing to do and it's cold and they're not growing their crops. They like get in the RV and go down to Florida all summer and stuff like that. So that, I guess that uh, makes word. sense. Hmm. That's cool. Yeah. But honestly, honestly, I mean, I liked the, I liked seeing a lot of the RVs, but I also feel like it'd probably be like owning a boat, you know, like gotta, gotta constantly have the upkeep and stuff and I, yeah. I, there's probably a lot of maintenance that goes into one of these things mm -hmm. yeah I mean, you're probably right about that i mean especially since they have like i mean these rvs were nicer than my house they were nicer than my house man like they had right. lazy boys inside of them and like tiled floors big ass screen tvs they had a they had a a, a grill that you can push a little button on the side of the rv and it pops out it, oh shit! One of them had a TV on the outside where you like open up this panel and it's like you guys can all hang outside in the wilderness and like watch fucking Shrek three, <laughs> like stupidest, <laughs> stupidest fucking things. But yeah, RVs, Damn, man. That's banging. I want an RV. I've always wanted one, even a small one, like just one that it would be comfortable to sleep in. You know, that's really all that I would ask for in an RV. Now all that extra shit would be nice, but I would just like because my thing is with travel 
it gets expensive because you have to get to that pl- to the place you're going, right? So it's either plane or train or bus or car. So if you have your car, that's pretty efficient in terms of money about getting from point A to point B. Then you have to worry about when you get there, you have to stay somewhere. And that usually is a hotel if you don't have any other option. That's expensive as shit, you know? So I feel I feel like an RV would really cover like all the bases and you could either extend your vacation much longer or you could go on a lot more vacations or really both of these. But you could go on a lot more vacations that you otherwise wouldn't be able to afford. You could just buy one of those car beds, man, <laughs> that the kids have. What car soup, beds? What are you talking it up. about? No, they, they, okay, that's a dumb joke. It's just, you know, those beds that are shaped like cars that little kids buy. And shit. <laughs> Put a working just engine on it. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, oh, man. That's funny, man. Yeah, but that was my Saturday, man. That was my Saturday. I've been sober all week. Sober. How's that up. working out for you? Whew. Whew. Look, it's rough, I've, isn't it? Get so bored so quick. Oh, it's not even that I get bored. It's it's almost like uh, well, it, I do get bored, uh, but it's also like uh, man. I mean, I feel I've had times where I've gotten so fucked up that I felt unco- like physically uncomfortable or mentally uncomfortable because I'm like, oh god, I'm just way too high. Like I gotta fucking wait this out, and I gotta, I gotta, ooh, I gotta, I'll just be, I'll sober up tomorrow. Everything will be okay, but. At least I understand the rules in that situation. When I'm sober, man, whew, it's it's fucking panic inducing. No, it's it's not that bad. It's just uh, I find that I I I've sort of numbing myself uh for the past couple of years in a weird way. Where now that I don't have access or not, I'm not allowing myself access to that sort of thing. I'm sort of just like constantly. You feel you feel the uh, you feel things more. Everything feels more vibrant in a way. Does that make any sense? Mm-hmm. Sharper, sharper, and it's almost like the the you really feel the ups and you really feel the downs. Whereas when you're like you know smoking weed or something, you're just sort of like, either way, man, it's all good. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. I feel like with weed, uh, you kind of detach from not not detach. That's a, that's a kind of a tough word, but it puts like a, a little bit of space between you and your body and you and your thoughts where you can kind of like sit back and manage them with a little more control because when you're high, you have a very limited short term memory. I feel like this has a lot to do with it. And so you're only the only things you're working with are like what's essential for you right now, you know, and most of the time, all our needs are pretty much taken care of. We're just kind of trying to figure out like, oh, I'm at work and I need to, you know, make this Excel sheet or whatever. That's, you know, you could do that with your eyes closed if you just focus and relax. So the weed kind of just helps you put a little bit of space between you and your your body and you and your thoughts and emotions. And you can kind of handle them in a more like executive kind of way, I feel like. And when you I think when you get when you smoke weed for a while consistently, you get so used to operating that way that when you stop smoking and it you're now like, you know, things are more intense. You're, you have to handle a lot more at once. You have to handle like uh long-term thoughts of like oh when i was a kid like this reminds me of that and you have to remember like what are you doing right now and then you're feeling sensations in your back so you have to manage that and it's very like <laughs> you're i feel like when i stop smoking weed i get really like immersed in you know the life i'm living i guess but like just i'm fully yes. into like that is a good way um, to say if, it if i'm on my phone i'm on my phone and i could be there for a while if i'm like if I'm sitting on the bus 
you know, I'm thinking of all sorts of things. I'm thinking of what I'm doing. I'm at work, you know, or I'm on the bus. When I'm high on the bus, I just, I'm listening to the sound of the engine, looking out the window. You know, it's a very different set of, uh, like, my thoughts, you know, it's a very yeah. different set of thoughts. It feels like it, it, it's, it feels like being sober, having a, having a, a clear mind, if you will. And it's not a really, it's true necessarily. It's a more, I feel like it's a more active mind than when I'm, you know, drinking or smoking in the sense that you, you really have to manage or it, it becomes harder to manage my thoughts. I think it becomes harder yeah. to bypass them or, or, uh, come to conclu- not come to conclusions because I can still come to conclusions but you really do get wrapped up in like the emotion that you're feeling and it's hard to get past that a lot of the times you know what I mean when you're sober yeah like I've been feeling kind yeah. of bummed out for the past couple of days and I've just been like feeling fucking manic like I sent you these texts yesterday or something last night and I was like oh man you know blah 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 this is what's happening I sent you this whole long thing oh, yeah, yeah. about you know God harassing me and you were like yeah I think you might be losing your fucking mind <laughs> and I, I read it back and I was like I can't really disagree with Adam on this this sounds like the writings of a madman like this sounds like it's it's almost like I'm less sane when I'm sober <laughs> Yeah, that's what it feels like to me because here's my my the way that I rationalize it to myself so I can give myself permission to keep doing these things is uh I think we've got such a highly sophisticated machine that is our brain and our bodies and they've been fine-tuned to do very specific uh types of activities and at certain activity levels during the day, you know, going without food for this amount of time, feasting for this amount of time and you know but nowadays, everything is very comfortable and regulated, and we wear shoes all the time, and we wear clothes all the time, you know, and that kind of a thing. And so we're living in a society and in a world that is so different from what our bodies are made for that that's why it feels weird, you know. That's why people are weird, and we're still trying to figure things out. And I think it manifests in my life a lot of times by, like like you said, like when I don't really need to have all of my faculties blaring in my head all the time in order for me to get my work done and go home and et cetera, et cetera, and get all my schoolwork done and all that kind of shit. So when I smoke, it, it, there is this kind of, I do forget a lot of things, but mostly it's like, like, uh, my long-term projections into the future, like on a day-to-day, like while I'm doing things, I don't need to be thinking about that. And I don't, when I'm high, I don't have the short-term memory to be thinking about all those things. So I don't, you know, that's why I do it. It makes me feel more comfortable because I don't have all of these functions blaring in my head all the time. It kind of narrows my focus into like, what, what am I doing right now? (laughs) You know, like that's all that I have (laughs) faculties for. And that's, so that's what I need to figure out. And, And I think that a large part of that has to do with the fact that my job is fucking doing science. And if there's anything unnatural in this world it's science you're standing and counting I'm, i count all day one two three four five positive negative one two three four five positive negative uh, 177 of this five of that one two three four all day long for like you know eight hours of that that's robotic so it's robotic and i get caught in loops a lot because my mind that's the way my mind works anyway but doing it all day also you know 
it doesn't help to let that go. So I just get caught in these loops that from I have to like do them from start to finish in a very OCD like way. But uh, the point I'm trying to make is it's very that is very stressful when there's so many different things in my head saying you shouldn't be standing still this long. You shouldn't be just counting back like one, two, three, four. There's you know you should be doing something else. You need to go out and run. You need to go out and stretch. You need to go out and do something, do this or that. Like your body, you know, da 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 da. So when I smoke, those things, okay, I'm aware of them, but I forget them really easily. When I'm sober, it's like, oh, what does this mean? Should should I be exercising more? Should I go on a walk? I got to do work, though. So uh, let me just finish this seven, eight, nine. Oh, God, how many more do I have to do? How long do I have to be doing this? How is it four o'clock yet? You know, that kind of thing. And uh, I just don't need that. It's not helpful. So weed helps with that. Alcohol also, in a way, helps with those sorts of of things. But uh I'm I'm I think I think I'm at a point in my life where I realize at a certain point I'm I'm not going to be using them especially in the same way that I do now. But for right now it's working for me. So. Yeah, I hear you on that one too, man, because my, my whole reasoning for uh going going sober if you will. I mean, it's only been a week, but I've just I wanted to get, I want to get back into shape because I kind of let myself yeah. get out of shape and I was drinking pretty heavily for the past couple months where I was I mean, when you go to open mics, dude, they have um, unbelievable deals every single time you go. You know, every pretty much mm. every open mic I've ever been to, they'll be like, "Yeah, it's two dollar yinglings," and I'm like, "All right, well, give me four of those." You know, because, yeah, right. <laughs> because because uh, you know it's it's eight bucks. What you know, and I can get fucked up. But but then if you're doing that every night constantly, it starts to starts to take a, a toll on your body. Especially then, mm-hmm. uh, I also find that when I'm smoking or, or this this goes without saying almost, but you you, you sort of. Uh, you kind of just like, ah, well, fuck it. I'll just eat healthy tomorrow. I can just eat some bullshit right now because I'm drunk or I'm high or whatever. And, and, yeah, and yeah. that's that's really my only thing that's keeping me from g- jumping right back in, honestly, because because it wasn't really the habit itself didn't really bother me. It's the uh, because, you know, because, you know, what it is. people are always like, oh, you know, like, you know, weed makes you lazy and blah, blah, blah. Now, I've realized I do the same shit. When I'm not smoking weed, I'm just way less yeah. interested. I'm just like, you know, like I'm just way less invested or excited about the everyday fucking situation. You know, I'm not, uh, I don't know. It's it's weird. It's I, hard to describe. I know exactly what you're going for, but it's I very hard manic. to find the right words when you're sober. It's, yes. it's like very ups and very downs. Yes. It's like, well, who the fuck wants that? You yes. know, mellow me the fuck out, please. Yeah. That's why weed is so great for our society. Our society is high strung uh, naturally. Just the way that our economy is, our the, the symbols that we work with, we're very high strung. We're all about production. Everybody needs a job and to be doing things and to be working, working, working all day. And we don't give enough time to like settling down and thinking and relaxing. We don't, really don't give enough um, support to like those types of activities in our society. So we we... I don't know. I think weed is a big help in America, and that's why it's been growing so astronomically. Is because it, it's one of those things that immediately, in a in a non harmful way, for the very for the ninety nine point nine percent part. I mean, of course, there's a little bit of short term memory shit that goes on. You get uh, you tend to be more prone to snacking, you know, and sitting you get still. Tired. You get tired. Yeah, you get sleepy. But I mean, that you learn to work with those with those side effects because they're not harmful they're just kind of annoying in a way and on the you know the benefit is that you get to chill the fuck out you get to really actually relax and feel relaxed and be like ah i don't want to fucking move right now because when i'm sober man i cannot get comfortable that is one of the biggest things of my life for years is that i am so 
it's so hard for me to get comfortable. I have to shift every eight minutes, every five minutes. You know, I'm watching a show now. I have to sit like this, and then I have to sit like this with my with my other hand on my chin. Then I lean back a little bit because my back's hurting. I lean forward a little bit. I try to find a pillow. Just sit up straight, and I'm just. I feel like I'm constantly distracted from what I'm doing because I'm just not comfortable. Weed is one of those things that it immediately makes me comfortable in a chemical kind of way. But I've also noticed that uh, when I trip, I get really, really comfortable because it it kind of makes you more aware of like subtle sensations. So I can be like, oh, this is my spine is like aligned and it feels balanced so I can breathe really easily and I can just relax here like this. But for some reason, it doesn't feel as relaxing when I'm not tripping. So I'm, I'm working on that anyway. So this is my thing with substances. I think the most appropriate and like um, responsible use for substances, alcohol, weed, you know, acid, any of them really, is be aware of the effects and the side effects, good and bad, you know, both of them. Try it out, see what happens. And if you find use for it, work with the reality of, you know, you're going to have some side effects one, one way or the other, just work with them and you can can use this thing responsibly. But I don't think, I think it should be more of a short-term thing. Like, for example, you want to get in shape, you exercise, you know? You exercise hard, you you cut down on a lot of things that you're eating that are making you, that are high calorie, et cetera. But you don't have to have that lifestyle all the time. When you lose the weight, you can kind of relax and go into a more of a maintenance mode, you know? Um, yeah, and that's kind of what I'm but, looking towards. It sounds bad because, like, I, like, it's almost like I know that uh, as soon as I, like, get back into the shape where I'm comfortable again, I can go back to <laughs> drinking and smoking to a certain extent, but I have to be careful not to stop the habit of exercising and yes, eating right yeah. and all that sort of thing. Yeah, but I, I think what I was trying to say – sorry, let me just finish the point. Was oh, you're that with, good, uh, baby. Like, the, <laughs> thank you, thank you. Uh, with the substances <laughs> of uh, – so with if you want to lose weight, right, you're working on something with yourself and you want to lose weight, you exercise hard for a while and you kind of just use it a lot. And then you back off when you're at a point where you can relax. I think substances should be the same way. If you're having trouble relaxing, use weed to like help you relax and to learn what being relaxed is like. And then you can try to work on being relaxed without it. And that way you don't need it to, to be relaxed. Because then if you if you don't need it and you're relaxed without it and then you smoke weed again, it's just a better experience anyway. I mean, also, if you can just be totally relaxed and totally happy, then you may not ever feel the need to smoke anyway, which is also good in its own right. You know, well, that's the not goal, that there's right? anything that's, wrong with that, substances. That's like yeah, the but that's the goal. goal. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I took a recent weed break, man. And I was like, man, I know eventually one day I'm gonna have to work on all this shit you know I'm gonna have to iron out my emotions a little bit or my my trains of thought that I think that's really what really what it is I get stuck in these cycles of thought I'm gonna have to work on all this shit so I get less anxious and blah 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 but at this point I am so used to living the life the way that I'm living now that I don't think it's useful for me to just throw all that shit or try to throw it all away at once because anytime I tried to like, well, I'm just going to go totally clean and just drink water all day and eat salad, you know, that kind of thing. It always, I can do it for a while and I may even see the benefit, but eventually like old habits come back because I don't have, I've been, I'm so established in my old habits that it, it I just, it's like a fighting an uphill or just trying to swim upstream, you know? Yeah. Uh, that I think at this point, I'm just going to work with what I have 
until I'm done fucking grad school, and then I'm I have more time to like work through shit, you know, work through the weird habits that I have. Well, there you have it, grandkids. Is Grandpa an alky? Is he a dirty fucking gross <laughs> drug abuser? What's no, going I think on what's Grandpa? Actually, what would, what, what's going to go on with Grandpa is weed's going to become legal in the U.S. completely, everywhere, or I'm going to move somewhere where it is, and I really don't feel much of a need to drink when, or heavily or infrequently when I can really get really high and not have to be, like, worry about fucking cops busting my door and so when weed's legal and i'm in a state where it's legal i'll just be i'll probably just be high all day if anything if i don't solve the you know i don't i'm totally happy and i don't need anything from anyone if i'm not like that by the time our grandkids are listening to this i'll probably just be high as fuck just thc dripping in every pore i just love being high yeah. <laughs> oh god this is fucking triggering me man it's triggering me because i because i'm i'm like looking around this room at certain illicit objects going oh man i could totally just dip back in no problem yeah, uh, yeah my thing is at this point just define for yourself like what are you trying to get out of this are you do you want to see how long you can go because then then every day you have to fight that temptation new it has to be oh fuck i could buy it today but i'm not going to do it i'm going to go another day but if you say like 30 days you can just look at it and be like eh, i'm only on day 14 not even not even an option like you know eh. and it kind of it's it's kind of a easier thing to do it or if, if it's just two weeks or you know what i mean like what is the goal i don't know how long it's been man <clears throat> honestly with with this sort of thing i feel like a sobriety like i'm saying a week it might have only been three days dude i have no idea because things because <laughs> things like get fucking so slow it feels like it feels like you're in a fucking desert, you know, <laughs> just looking around, you see an oasis and then you're like, oh, how long have I been out here? And the dude's like 25 minutes. <laughs> like, what the fuck? like, this has been so crazy. It's been yeah. the craziest fucking five days of my life. Oh, it's man. only been 25 minutes. Yeah, I get really bored. Uh, man, you know what it is? I'm, I can see a really clear picture of it in my head, but I, I like do circles. I do cycles of, of thought and action that are just, they, they're just not helpful when I'm sober. When I'm high or drunk, I feel a more sense of well-being where I don't feel the need to be going in circles. I can just be like, well, I'm just going to sit here because I feel fine. When I'm sober, I don't, I don't get that same feeling of like, I feel fine just sitting here, you know? Yeah, which is why I know I can I know I can I can kick all of this with meditation because meditation just teaches you you sit down and just don't do anything for a while and just yeah. get used to doing that and eventually you come to love it so much that it's like well I could smoke sure yeah but I I mean why I'd rather meditate why mess up a good thing I got a good thing going here man this is yeah. almost better than weed and I'll, and I'll tell you that I felt that way. I experienced that. If you want to rewind the clock, oh, conversations for our grandkids. <laughs> um, like conversation nine, I think still sticks out in my head as like one of the very important ones for me. If you want to go back and hear Seamus when I was zen the fuck out for like a couple weeks, that was that would be one of them. Uh, but I, it felt like that. It felt like the need for weed and alcohol or any other thing sort of went away for a while and I was like oh god but then the problem was I was so attached to that state of mind that I was like oh please don't lose this I can't lose this I can't <laughs> let go of this and then of course it goes away because it's like okay so I had, I had a weird experience yesterday that I described to you I, I, I'm gonna try and not go into super detail here because it's kind of mm -hmm. a, i'm not proud of this thing it, it makes me uncomfortable <laughs> uh but uh 
But it, 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 it was a weird, like, I, I had, like, a beautiful mind situation with Adam where I'm sending him these texts like, no, no, if you look at the fucking, uh, the, fucking the, 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 uh, the alphabet, it's got my name spelled in there somewhere. Like, it's like, <laughs> like, it's a... Uh, it felt I I had I had what I can only describe as a as a god intervention yesterday. <laughs> that, was like, that was like I had been doing some crazy shit, and uh, the 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 control. Oh man, I really don't know how to go without going into detail here. But but like it was almost like I, I've had this experience before. So I'll say this, man. There was a there was a period of time I might have told this story before. I think I was probably like thirteen or fourteen, and I was feeling suicidal essentially like I was really really down really down in the dumps and I was thinking like well I won't I won't act on it if this really old specific song plays on the radio and then the next song that played on the radio was that song and it like came out of nowhere and I was like well that's fucking crazy. I'm gonna have to ignore that. <laughs> like I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to pretend. <laughs> I that hope that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm gonna just write that off as a coincidence. But it was one of those situations where I had these these series of events that happened like right one, two, three, four, five, like right after another. And I was like, "Fuck, dude! If I don't take this as uh, a message of like, hey, chill the fuck out, man. Like, I, I, I don't. That's like that's as close to being like, give me a fucking sign." and getting one as I've been, I've had in a while where mm -hmm. it, it, and it sounded like a crazy rambling when I said it, but I was just like, no, if you look at the fucking, it's all code, man. <laughs> but, it, but, but it, it really does feel like uh, the point is I'll, I'll, I'll say this in like a basic way that I, so I won't, I'm not, I'm trying, I really, cause this involves some shit that like, ah, it's one of those things I got. I feel like I have to hold back for the first time, man. I feel bad about that. Sorry, grandkids. Ah, Come at, go ask your uh, your uncle or your grandpa Seamus uh, a conversation. What is this? Fifty three. Yeah, conversation fifty three. Give us the deets, Gramps. Give us the fucking Give us deets. The deets. Well, the, the fucking point old is, man, with it, your privacy it, issues. You you explained to me. It it it, it almost feels like uh like a karmic. <sighs> Like karma almost sort of feels like a like a Chinese finger trap almost like where if you have a desire for something to the point where you're like you really feel like you need this to be whole and you're putting a lot of energy into needing this thing you're not gonna get it and in fact what you're gonna get is the exact opposite of what you're trying to get because the point is to sort of to sort of show you like hey fuck off with these desires like you can have these things but it's not everything and and yeah it's like you can you can have this desire right to use the chinese finger trap you can get you ha you have this desire to get your fingers out of the trap right but if you just go about it like oh god i gotta get my fingers out you're gonna get stuck the the lesson there i think is if you have a strong desire relax think about it and you can know that if you just gently slowly pull your fingers out you don't get stuck you know that, I think that is that's like a lesson in life. Is like if you, well, anyway, go ahead. Well, no, well, the the point is, it it just it felt like, it felt like a very tangible thing almost at that point in time because, let's okay. So for example, I'll I'll just I'll say this in general. I told you I gave up porn. I gave up all that stuff. I gave up all these things and. I had been using porn for years to sort of numb my feeling of inadequacy uh, of being by myself or, or feeling lonely or whatever it is. And so you use that and you can sort of – it's the same thing. I, I worry about like weed and alcohol because I feel like it's a similar thing where I can sort of bypass that for the time being and be like, well, I'll just deal with that later. I'll deal with mm -hmm. this – I'll deal with this pit of fucking uh, – 
you despair later, but not now. I can just I can just beat off and then forget about it. And uh, so not doing that, not smoking weed, not drinking makes Seamus a fucking nut job. No, but I, but I've been feeling like a nut job. Like I've been reaching out to people who I haven't talked to in forever. And <laughs> <laughs> never good. Never good. It's path not. To start it's going bad. Down. It's bad. Hey, it's bad. Hey, I know we haven't spoken for eight it's years, so, but how so I, are you? I feel like such a piece of shit too. Afterwards, every fucking time, I'm like, because this is not what this is not gonna. This is not what I want. I don't want this. But I'm convincing myself that it's like, oh, I'll take anything. It really feels like an addict. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like an ad- like just give me a little hit of dopamine. Give me fucking anything, and and it's making me fucking crazy. And. I've been praying, man, for the first time in my life, like trying to pray seriously, like since I was a kid. I mean, I did it when I was a kid, but I kind of grew out. Oh, that's nonsense, blah, blah, blah. And so I go into the bathroom and I'm praying for the power to uh, the strength to get over this, to get over this uh, desire, this this overwhelming like, like I'm just going to harass everybody who has a vagina in my life. Who I've ever met ever, uh, Mom. <laughs> hey, what's up, Mom? <laughs> but, but so I go into the bathroom and I like say that, and then I said like something like, "Oh, you know, God, God." I was like, "You know, God, God does provide or something." And I got one of those weird chills up my spine like that. Then I go back into my room and my phone is frozen on a text <laughs> from one of these people. That is a text that I would not like to see. I would not like to see this mean, not, it wasn't mean, but it was a, it was a painful thing to look at. And I was like, my phone was working five seconds ago before I went to the bathroom. Why the fuck is this happening? And then the only thing I can do is play music on my phone to drain the battery. And all of the songs that play are like songs about like being alone and <laughs> like, like looking for something. And I was like, all right, motherfucker. Like it made me laugh to, it was, it was one of those moments where like, <sighs> I was so fucking frustrated, but at the same time I couldn't help laughing because I was like, ah, oh, good one. Motherfucker. You fucking mm-hmm. fuck mm-hmm. God. That's some crazy shit, man. I feel almost dirty talking like that because it's 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 one of those things that I'm I'm so used to not acknowledging the the God thing that it feels like a taboo in my mind as well to even sort of acknowledge. Even though I think I do believe it's just it's a it's a weird it's a weird thing to snap back into after years of being like fuck that bullshit. Does that make any sense? Oh yeah, for sure. Because I was I was so staunchly. I mean, I told people, I was like, no, you don't understand what kind of an atheist I am. Like, I, I, I'm a mega atheist. <laughs> there is no chance of me ever believing in God, you know, ever. And to some extent, that is still true to, in the sense that the what I thought God was doesn't exist. That's not how God works, right? But I have. I mean, I'll use the concept God, but that this is brings me around to the question I meant to ask you is like, what changed? Because as a kid, you were like, fuck God, you know, th- this is bullshit. But now you've grown up a little, something must have happened that now you're like, well, let me give this prayer thing a shot. Why not? Um, I, No, when I was a kid, I'd say I'd be more open to it. Because when I was a kid, I, I remember I was having conversations with my dad when I was like five or six where I was like, asking him i was like hey dad i don't know if you know this but like what is reality do you know what this is 
Because, like, uh, I'm not really clear on this, and as far as I'm concerned, we could all just be words on a page. You know what I mean? I remember I said <laughs> yeah, that to yeah. him um, when I was probably, like, six. And so and, and that sort of line of thinking, I think, inevitably leads sort of down a spiritual path where I was like, yeah, I kind of see how, like, there has to be something beyond this. Because it doesn't make sense that this would just exist. Uh separate from like it doesn't make sense that reality would just come into being if that, if that makes any sense like it doesn't no it do- that, that makes sense and it's like it doesn't really there must there must have been something there must be some kind of something you know yeah. because there is something out there and it didn't like humans didn't make it so i it can't be explained that easily and yeah. even then where did the humans come from you know it's like what is this shit why is it even here yeah, why, why is it even especially here? Especially as a as a kid, you're you're like I wouldn't even I didn't choose to be here. You know, I've been stumbling in the dark for like six years. Now all of a sudden, I've got the brain capacity to hold you know relatively complex concepts in my head, and this shit's making no fucking sense at all. Like, why am I here? Yeah. I didn't ask to be here. Yeah, exactly. But, but did and, you? <laughs> and or did you? Right. But but uh, and so for me, I was always like, yeah, it doesn't make sense that reality exists when there could easily just be nothing that exists. Um, and then I sort of got – I was asking my parents and you know, they, they sort of had this uh, very fervent rejection of religion based on their Catholic upbringings. So I was like, oh, well, I guess this is all just fucking horse shit then. And then I would get angry when anyone would bring up God or something like that to me. Because I'd be like, no, no, like I was fooled already into thinking that this shit existed. So fuck you. And and I became this very aggressive atheist who was angry just at the concept of God. And so and for a while I was that. And then I became agnostic because I was like, well, you know, I can only really acknowledge that I don't know. And then I slowly just said like what's wrong with me saying that I believe in something uh, uh, believe in something because I do at the at the very if I'm honest with myself and how I feel about reality I believe that there is more to the story than what people will have you believe because people like to discuss things in terms of the way that they see the world, but the way that they see the world doesn't necessarily, it's not necessarily how the world is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Their perception is, I mean, we got all these crazy, you want to take advice from people? People don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Very few people know what the fuck they're talking about. But but as a kid, you, you, you kind of hope that somebody knows, somebody knows what's going on, mm-hmm. right? So I'll just take their word for it. And now I'm at the point where I'm like, well, if I'm honest with myself, uh, and I still go down that same train of thought that I went down as a kid where reality doesn't make sense uh, on its own as a singular thing outside of it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't make sense like if there was no it, like let's say there's no life why would there just be a bunch of rocks and empty space floating around what is that why would that yeah, exist? yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. what the fuck is this what is this? Yeah, like, what is this? Why are there just rocks floating around in space, flying around each other at mind-boggling speeds and, you know, things smashing into each other and stars being made? Like, what What? the fuck? What? What? What is all this shit? Exactly. Yeah, I had, I had a very different and nearly opposite uh, experiences where I was fully, I was Christian, man. I was ra- brought up Christian, 
but you know, like still anti-Catholic in a sense, but very, very Christian. And I really tried to be a good Christian boy and to make the the teachings make sense because there was always, I always had this feeling of like, man, there's something about specifically reading the Bible. There's something about it that sometimes I get this feeling like, like somebody's saying something really important to me and I just can't understand what they're trying to tell me. That's how I always felt when I read the Bible. I was like, these can't just be stories because like that makes no fucking sense. These are just stupid stories. The characters are kind of retarded. They do weird shit. The wording is strange. So that like the, w- the way that you're telling me to read this doesn't make sense to me. But I f- still feel like there's something here. So I really tried to make it all make sense and to work it out in my head and listen to the good, the popular Christian uh T- uh, preachers on TV and read their books and got the Bible with the with the footnotes and all that shit. And I, it just left me like when I was, I don't know, I would say 13, 15, somewhere around there. At, at that point, I no longer believed in God in the way that the Christian church had trained me to think about it. And But I was still at the point where I, I was like, oh, I, don't, I, can't, I don't think I can say this out loud because there was still that thing inside me that was like there's something there you're just not getting it so I didn't really want to dismiss the whole thing but then I started to uh learn more science and learn how things mechanistically work whether it's biology or geology um astronomy they all have like they're the same kind of feel to them there's like laws and they work together and you can explain pretty much anything if you look look hard, hard enough at it and, and in a careful way. And I realized, like, I was like, well, actually what it seems like is that this is all just random kind of mathematical processing just running itself out. And I'm just like kind of, I'm just kind of a, a, a result of this calculation being played out. And I'm, I was at the point where I got so like heady with it that I was like, man, I don't, I don't think I have any control over my life. So I'm just going to watch for, for a while, you know? Like, I really don't think, based on the amount of shit that's going on in my cells alone, it's a mind-boggling process. That I have billions and billions of cells, trillions of cells. I mean, not to mention how complex the brain is and how it produces this crazy experience. So I was like, you know what? It seems like it's all too much for me to be actually in control of. And it makes more sense to me that this is just Mother Nature playing herself out in in kind of a, you know, one form. So I was like, let me just watch this for a while. And that kind of train of thinking, when I was really like, I was really fucked up and like stumbling home, like at City Hall, like I had to make it to the L to, to like just plop on there and fucking pass out until like, <laughs> we've been, I've been there, man. Got up at the right, <laughs> yep. It, it was those nights where I was like, man, what the fuck am I doing? Like I could die. And I would think to myself like, well... Honestly, you didn't really, you're not in control of this. You're not, you, this is not, this has really little to do with, with your, you being here. So, you know, just ride it out. If you die, you die. If not, awesome. And there has been pretty much every yeah. day has been like that. Well, I, I've been like that too on the, on the thing. The other thing is I, I feel like, uh, the, the past like two years before you guys moved away, I mean, I would leave your house every night fucked up in some yeah. manner and, those, <laughs> those those walks home going over the things that happened during the night the conversations that were had and being on the bus i mean i was coming to terms with my own mortality every single fucking night for like two years yeah, straight yeah. and that's not easy and it's not something i could 
recommend to people, although I think it's helped me. Like I, I can't yeah. I can't say don't do it either, but but it's not easy. It's hey, you want to cry on the bus on your way home? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, because like, do you do you want to really consider that you might be dying? You know, there's been sometimes, man. Not, I was no, so no, fucked no. up. Not, it's not that you might be dying. You're dying. You're gonna die. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You are dude. going I, to die. There was one time specifically where I was I taken a bunch of Adderall, smoking weed. I might have been drinking a little bit, and I was on Temple's campus, and my heart just, and my chest, it felt like. Like, oh, my God, so much pressure there. And I was like, fuck, I think I'm having a heart attack. And it was like I could barely breathe. I could barely move. Luckily, it was cold outside. So that gave me something else to focus on. And I just sat in a corner for like maybe an hour. It could have been two hours and just tried to like I was like, man, this hurts really bad and it's not going away. Like you might be dying. You might have like over overdone it. You might have taken too much Adderall. Your heart's going to blow up. You know, I've flat images of those uh drug talks that they used to give us in middle school like this basketball player did cocaine one time and look at the size of the hole in his heart i was like oh my jesus lord like i find <laughs> i did it you know i fucking killed myself but then there's that where when you finally accept that if if you can get to that point and you're like well if i'm gonna die let's see what happens let's see what that's like because that's all you can do at that point if you think you're gonna die so i just sat there and i thought i was gonna die and just that's all you can never do. My eyes I mean, and I got up. Yeah. I mean, the the, the 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 truth there exists when you're not fucked up. It just helps to be in that mindset because the 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 profundity of the fact of like, oh, am I dying? And it's like, well, if I if I don't die now, I'm gonna die eventually. Eventually, I'm gonna have to do that. That's a process that we're all going to have to go through. And and right. that that idea was kind of what I was trying to come to terms with. The fact that like one day I'm going to be an old ass man, maybe, maybe not. But if I live long enough, I'm going to be it's just going to be me inside of an old man's body being like, mm-hmm. oh, shit. Got you how remember many when my body left? used to be, yeah. Like, remember when my body used to be fit and I could do things with it? I could I could procrastinate until I realized I only have like a month left. And then that that. There is, there is, at, oh my God, a resistance like none other that crops yeah. up, an abject fucking terror that I was, I was experiencing daily, daily. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. Yeah, but but the I point, almost the, killed Seamus like every night. You're welcome. Well, the point, I, the point I wanted to make uh, is that. Uh, I mean that. I mean that stuff is super worth it, worthwhile, and it's it's almost. I I, I find not to. I don't want to elevate my experience over anyone's else's, but it's almost like I, I talk to some people who haven't even considered this shit, and I'm like, boy, are you in for a fucking fun ride? Like you haven't even started lifting the baby weights yet. Like you 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 don't even want to <laughs> talk about death. What the fuck? You're gonna be. You're in for some shit, man, because that's gonna be fucking yeah. terrifying when it finally does click. And you go, mm-hmm. oh shit! What the fuck have I been doing? Right, like, oh shit! I am going to die one day. Maybe today, maybe another bit. But like, fuck! I'm gonna die one day. Like, I'm gonna not everything that I am aware of, or that I know of in this world. I'm not. I'm gonna be totally disconnected from it one day. Everything that I've ever known that from birth, I'm gonna be totally. It's just gonna be wiped clean for one day. How, what the fuck, man? What am I doing here? What am I doing here? This is all gonna what go am away. I doing here? <laughs> yeah. And, so the, the and, big question is, so what's the recent change though? That's what I'm asking you. So we went over our childhoods, right? And I think, okay, so let's go. Wait, let's go step half a step back for a second. Half a so step back. we're at my apartment, right? Getting fucked up all the time. And it was during those times where we had a lot of philosophical talks. Uh, they turned spiritual at a certain point. 
Um, I can't remember exactly how it happened, but you showed me some Alan Watts video for some reason. And from then on, I was like, oh, this motherfucker. I like what he's saying. So, uh, for me, what the big moment yeah. for me in spirituality is that I started doing acid and like kind of consistently. There was like a, a couple weeks where I'd do it every day and just kind of see like what happens if you really push this <laughs> further than what most normal people suggest. And it it forced me into certain spiritual realizations about how things work and how it's working in here, you know, the consciousness in my head, the brain, how my brain gives me information and how my body gives me information. It, that, all that kind of shit got I am really a God. Hurry up with my damn croissants. But so, and then when you played that Alan Watts video for me, it started this process where they, they Alan Watts, Ram Dass, and then every other spiritual leader essentially started giving me words for these experiences that I was having essentially, and, and p giving me concepts that I was able to be, to, to process the information a little bit better. Because when I was tripping the first time, I was like, holy fuck, this is completely, this is new, this is very different, and this is very important, right? But I don't, it was the same thing like with the Bible, but I don't, I can't understand what's going on. I don't exactly know what's happening here. So that's when that happens to me, I always just push things to the limit and keep kind of just inundating myself with whatever it is. So I would just do a bunch of acid frequently just to see like, what is this? What is this? What is this? What is this? And uh, I was able to pick up a few things just by luck. Then you played the Alan Watts video and the Ram Dass thing. And, I, and instantly I was like, wow, okay, so this is what it is. It's like a spiritual kind of thing. And that's how I'm going to learn... <laughs> take my understanding of the the universe or how or me even to the next level but what happened with you so that was me what happened with you that made you turn onto the spiritual path more uh i don't know if i could really pinpoint it man i think definitely tripping on shrooms uh was a huge moment if not the moment that sort of brought me back into like, oh, no, I'm going to have to address this. <laughs> I'm going to have to touch on this because my experiences were both uh, uh, heavenly and fucking horrific on shrooms where I was I was seeing what what uh, felt like to me to be the sort of um, the sort of intermingling of all matter everywhere every single action every single fucking thing that exists it's almost like it felt like a big uh funnel of sand that was spinning like almost like a tornado a big uh cyclone and and i could see it in my mind i could see the intermingling things of like oh yeah like of course if you do this thing like this is happening it's all like cause and effect and it's and it scared the fuck out of me because i was like yeah it doesn't feel like i have any control over any of this mm-hmm and so it scared the shit out of me, and it still kind of scares the shit out of me. It makes me almost nauseous thinking about that image specifically, because that's almost like it felt like I was seeing the gears behind the machine. That it's like, oh no, no, don't show me that. Yes. Don't, don't fucking uh -huh. show me that. That's that exactly what it's what it feels like to trip to me too. Also, you feel like you you're seeing how the underlying way that things work. Like if there's a projector and you're used to just staring at the screen, tripping is almost like looking back at the projector and being like, oh my God, there's been a projector here this whole time? Like, oh my fucking God. Yeah, but it terrified me, man. It terrified me. And and for about a year, I was, I was sort of detached from this reality in a, in a, but, I, but also afraid of that detachment, if that makes any sense. Like mm -hmm. every day I would wake up and be like, am I losing my goddamn mind? Am I going crazy? Am I losing my shit? 
And that was the year I started doing stand up. <laughs> because I was <laughs> like I was like, well, I got to start doing some new shit. I got to start doing some stuff that's going to make me happy or or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. I have to do yoga. I have to eat right. I have to start doing stand up because if I'm if I'm not going to do it now, I'm never going to do it. Uh, and I don't know, man, listening to Alan Watts, listening to all these people talk, it, it, it sort of just kind of brought me back to a place that, that felt familiar and yet distant, right? It felt like, yes, this all is making sense again, the way that it made sense before I understood what making sense was. And, uh, and it felt like that middle period is sort of like I'd say, like maybe from like age five to age like twenty one, felt like mm-hmm. felt like it, it. It's I look back on all. I'm like, what was I? I was just blind. I was doing these things. I was just acting and without even without any understanding of of why I was doing these things or what my motivation was or what was going. Oh, I'm just anxious. I'm just a nervous guy. I'm just this. I'm just that. Without any real concrete looking you know no looking really mm-hmm. and uh i think that there's been a, a, a even more recent change recently where i i've sort of been uh so i had this experience last year that i always talk about it conversation nine you want to hear what i'm talking about when i'm all zenned out and i'm feeling like a fucking buddhist monk uh that's where you go because uh i had this experience where I was walking down the street and I I was reading this book about Buddhism and how you know the the thing that the thing that really gets me a lot of the times is that spirituality and science don't disagree with one another. People people always try to make that argument but it's there's some kind of misunderstanding there I I believe uh it, because otherwise you you wouldn't make that argument. It doesn't that's not how it is because it's like no matter can be created or destroyed. So everything that you are has always existed and will always exist because it's in this giant amalgamation that is reality. It's almost like when people die, the way I see it now, it's almost like uh, the it's like putting toys in a toy box, right? The toys still exist. You just don't see them anymore because they're they're that's that's even a harder thing because they sort of take different forms. It's like if you put the toys if you put a toy in a toy box and took it out again and it was a different toy made out of the same shit, you know, and you'd be like, oh, it's yeah, a different yeah. toy. And it's like, no, it's not. It's the same fucking thing. You are making the distinction here. And it, it's it, it, it made me realize that, like, death is almost kind of a, a thing that we just kind of made up and accepted. Like, oh, yeah, I'm dead <laughs> or like you're going to die or you're going to be born mm-hmm. or like the fact that I'm here at all is still pretty phenomenal the fact that all these things happened and i just wasn't around and now i'm just here like what the fuck mm-hmm. and uh <laughs> yeah, yeah. and uh it, it's uh i guess i guess more recently what's happened is i've uh i've i've uh come around to the idea that it's there might be something like I, I feel like I'm always coming around slowly and slowly to the the idea that there might be something to this older way of thinking or this religious way of thinking or this spiritual way of thinking. And you said something to me once, and I think I think you it sounded like you were being a dick when you said it, but I I was like you know what he has a point there, uh, which often happens with Adam uh, grandkids. <laughs> so you guys know, if <laughs> as, gran- as if you guys already don't know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Why is Grandpa Adam such an asshole to me? Because he loves you, man. Uh, and uh, it's it's like uh, so you said something to me like yeah you believe in all this shit but like when was the last time you prayed when was the last time you did this when was the last time you did that 
And it sounds silly, right? Because I have all this background of being this angry atheist or wanting to stay away from that word or stay away from the concepts. But I also thought like, what the fuck do I have to lose? <laughs> you know, like I, like, yeah. Hey, if uh, if praying is not a real thing, then I'm just talking to myself for a little bit in the bathroom, and then nothing, ha- and then nothing happens. Fine. But the weird thing, which is the point I initially wanted to make, is that something does happen. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and and it and that is almost more of the more shocking to me in a lot of ways, and and kind of scary, quite frankly, where it's like, oh wait. You're saying I got an it doesn't happen all the time, but you're saying I got an immediate fucking response from this like mm-hmm. and it's and it and it it makes you cry happy tears. Mm-hmm. It also makes me mad cuz I'm like, "Well, fuck that. I I part of me wishes that wasn't the case, you know? Part that me, wasn't the case. Part of me wishes I did have control over these things or that I could will what I want to happen into existence by just uh, just hammering it in. Mm-hmm. But then you just get stuck in the Chinese finger trap. Yeah, then you just get <laughs> you, stuck in you the trap. So it you in. have no choice really but to just yeah, you do. give you in. Do. You have a choice. You have to play the game, dude. That's the thing. You you do have to give in, but it's not a giving in where you're just like, well, I'm gonna always have this trap on my fingers. It's a giving in in the sense of there's a there's a game here. This is a game, which means there's rules. And if I want to get my fingers out, I can do that. But I can't just yank them. I have to slowly, carefully, consciously do it. That you know, that's the that's why that's such a good. I'm glad you brought that up in the beginning. That's such a good um, uh, like metaphor or analogy for like for sure there is out there-ness you know there's the external situations and you'll never be able to control them they're a hundred percent outside of your control but there is also a fucking universe inside of your own head and your own body that you have some degree of control over and if you have some degree of control over your body your body will be able to have some degree of control over how those external forces play out to you in your head and how you see things and yoga is the process and i don't just mean the fucking exercise fucking bullshit that we have in america but the old idea of bringing union to your your senses and your mind and your body and your the concepts you use and the way you think and the way you feel bringing union to all of that so it all feels right so everything just feels like it's happening the way that it should be happening and the so yoga is the idea of teaching someone okay you have a chinese finger trap on your fingers just relax, don't freak out, and pull very slowly. If you pull too fast, you'll get stuck, and you'll get frustrated, and you'll you'll want to give up, and you'll yank even harder and get really stuck, and then break the trap, and then your fingers are really fucking stuck. What you want to do is just slowly pull your fingers apart, slowly, slowly. And if you, you know, it, it's almost at a level where it's undeniable, I think. I can't deny that there is... Uh, uh, like, hmm, how can I word this? It is fair for people to say there is a God. And I think it's your experience is exactly the type of experience that, um, oh man, I'm struggling with the words, but that's like a God experience. You pray and then it seems like your prayer is immediately answered by just by like things lining up, you know, things just lining up in a way that it's like, what in the fuck? How? What are the odds of that? Like, what are the odds of that? That kind of situation. And it's, and, it's, and, and it's not it's not what you might expect. It's not necessarily the answer you expect. 
It's the answer you need, basically. But it's not the answer that, like, so for example, I'm like, hey, give me the strength to get over this this desire to just harass every chick I've ever talked to in my life, basically. You know what I mean? Because I know it's unhealthy. I know that I, I, I want to get over it. I want to not feel this, but I'm still doing it. And I need something to kind of kick the fuck out of me. And mm-hmm. I, I say that and then immediately I come back in and my phone is frozen on something that is so fucking yep. like, oh, Jesus Christ. Like, mm-hmm. and, I, and I can't get rid of it. I just have to sit there and look at it. I can't. Yeah, there's nothing exactly. I can do. Oh, you want me to answer your prayer? Here you go. You're going to be staring at this fucking text for the next couple hours or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I, I think though, man, here's the thing. All reality is subjective. All reality is subjective. So the concept of God, as I've come to understand it, is a purely subjective experience. It has to do with how you and the external world relate. But, you know, somebody might say, oh, God said this or that or did this or that. Somebody else might say, what a crazy coincidence. Somebody else might say, you know, oh, it was just, you know, random things playing out and, and, you know, blah, 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 blah. But they're all talking about the same event. And subjectively, it's often more useful or can be more useful to say God did this and God did that. And I think the reason for that is it, it just simplifies the process of thinking about the external world. You just have a one, one word, um, a one word, uh, catch-all for not me essentially i think this is this is my personal opinion i'm not saying seamus is agreeing with me on this but i think the the most useful term for god is uh anything that's not me is god essentially everything that's not me is god and there are different experiences you can have with god so one of them is a personal one where god you can actually hear him talking to you or her uh you know if you pray hard enough uh, if you, you'll actually hear a voice, you know, and your, your meditation is deep. This is what, this is what people say. This is not from Adam's This is what people say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's very true. I haven't heard, I, but they say this is, it, they say, they talk about it in the sense where it's like, listen, it sounds kind of crazy. It sounds a little kooky, but when you have the experience, it'll make a lot more sense. It's, it's, you know, that's my issue, man. It's not that I don't believe in God. It's just, I don't, I don't know what god is to believe in god it, yet, feel, it feels you know? like at least from from those so I, i've been listening to um some things about near-death experiences as well recently and they they tend to vary from um from region based on like uh sort of what what would be easier for a person from india to accept as base as opposed to somebody from the west like for example uh in the West, there's a lot of like love and light and like, oh, welcome, welcome. Oh, my gosh. Like we've, you know, this is the God you've been expecting this to, there to be. Mm-hmm. And then in India, it's almost like uh, <laughs> the one of the experiences was like, yeah, there was a long ass queue to get into this big ass dance club. And like I was trying to get in. They were just like, who are you? Like there's billions of people here. Like we don't have time to fucking make a specific <laughs> <laughs> time to make a, a very like, you know, like we're not going to make a specific fucking acknowledgement like, oh, so and so is here because we're very individualistic <laughs> and very like in the West. And so it's almost like. But 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 that sounds terrible to me. But to him, it wasn't a bad thing. He was just like, yeah, you know, whatever. And so it's it's almost like uh, it, there seems to be like a a separation between uh, God and myself 
uh, mostly because of my perception that there is a separation, right? So like there, there's like this dualistic thing where like we are all God and at the same time we are not part of the God, if that makes any sense, because we don't believe that or we're not acting as if we are. And so it, yeah, it's, yeah. it's almost like to, you can pray to a God and you may get your answers met in, this, in the sense that you have a fucking text message froze on your phone and it'll be like, here, motherfucker. But at the same time, it's it, it, on the other hand, it's almost as if you are kind of manipulating things to happen that way. It, 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 right, it's weird. Right. It's, it's, like you're, it's like thoughts and shit are are doing something. <laughs> I could, yeah. that's, the, that's the least I could say. No, for sure, man. What you're, I mean, exactly what you're describing is how they, how like the Hindus and the Buddhists, the Eastern philosophers talk about karma. It's, you know, when you have a thought, let's say the thought is, I don't know, uh, fucking green elephant. Now I see a green elephant in my head, which is sending along you know, I'm also getting the association for the color green. I'm thinking about elephants and what elephants are, the, the thickness of their skin, you know, that kind of thing. Just random associations just pop up naturally because that's how brains work. So that there are your consequences. And that it could be that in two days you'll you'll be, you know, walking by a, a greeting card thing and you'll see a green elephant. And you'll be like, oh, shit, why does this feel so familiar? Like, why am I? Because you were just thinking about it two days ago in, in a jokey kind of way. Um, but that's how karma works. You have a thought and there's this cascade of events that, that happen. It's the same thing that if you throw a ball in the air, it's going to come down because there's the law of gravity at play. You know, when you have a thought, it's a, it's, it sends certain signals in your brain and certain chemicals are released and you have a certain type of reaction to it. And, uh, your degree of control over that situation, I think is, um, kind of the, I, the idea of being a yogi is someone who has complete control over that process. They they can initiate things when they want. They can stop the process halfway through if they want, you know, that kind of thing. And I think God plays into this in the sense that uh, it's it's a useful thing to have God be a personal, like a person almost that you can talk to and, and et cetera, because our brains are set up to... And, it, you know, it, they're set up in a way that you you learn someone's personality, you want to talk to them, and you close your eyes and you imagine this person. It's almost like, you know, you could have a conversation with somebody you know. You know what they're going to say. You know how they're going to react. And you can almost like, well, is this a good idea? What would Seamus say? You know, and I can think like, what would Seamus actually say? And Seamus might say this. And it's kind of a similar process um, with God, except you're not t you're not filling in the other part. You're just like waiting for... You're just you're waiting for a message almost to come from just this this these things playing out. So whether it's your thoughts playing out, you know, the universe playing out, some sound might happen, something might a car might pull up, you know, it could be anything. But you'll know kind of what like, oh, that was that's my answer. OK, fucking crazy. Like, I didn't even think of that. It just kind of popped into my head. That's kind of, I think, the God experience is like this. It came from out there. It didn't come from my head. I didn't think this. It just, it came to me almost in some kind of a crazy way. And I think that's a, a it's a useful way to categorize that as like God speaking to me. But if you take that too far and you say, oh, God's speaking to me. Uh, so I'm going to go, uh, I, I want to eat some ice cream. So God told me I should have ice cream. I'm going to go have ice cream and eat a bunch of it and et cetera, et cetera. That's not really, you know, there's, it's hard to know the difference, but I think there is a real um, 
valid response of like throwing something out into the universe and just waiting for a response and to see like, well, how does this work? You know, because I have a problem, God, you know, what am, what are we going to do about this? And it may take you a year of, of just voicing that out there and just saying, I have this problem, I have this problem, I have this problem. But eventually one day it might be like, oh, oh, this problem is, it's all starting because every day when I wake up, I have this, you know, rug at the bottom of my thing and it just starts me off on this if i could just take that rug away i wouldn't get so worked up about <laughs> you know problem is i hate this rug <laughs> like <laughs> my problem is i just fucking dear hate god, this rug and please get rid of this rug for me. <laughs> or it would be more like dear god like what is how do i get be in a better mood in the morning and then you know one day you you after so many times of repeating that question you wake up and your feet hit that rug and it just immediately sends you into like oh god i hate how this carpet feels and then the rest of the morning is just gone to shit because you started on a bad note. So that's the kind of thing. It's like, well, now you throw the rug away and you wake up in the morning and your feet hit the ground and there's a softer one there or something. And now you get this rush of like, oh, man, nice. Good job, man. Like, awesome. I forgot I did that. Like, good. That This is going to be. And it, it reinforces every single train of thought that it took for you to get there, which in, in this situation involves you saying, dear God, help me solve this. And then you're like, well, God actually did help me out. That's a useful way to think about God. Now, what is God? God is fucking, it's a different thing to everybody, obviously. And I don't think it's useful. level shit. He or she or it. (laughs) Or it, yeah, or whatever. God's always got the freshest kicks on. You're like, damn, I didn't even know those were out yet. (laughs) He has a direct line to Santa Claus's Santa's elf workshop. He gets all the dope shit before all the kids do. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I and I and I'm I coming around. Like I'm weird. trying to come it's around. Weird. God, it's weird talking about God, right? It's like a it's like a dirty word. It's like a, oh, it's a three letter word. <laughs> God's yeah. a three letter word. You know, I feel it's weird. Because almost when you it. when you say God in the West, people think like Catholic Church, which is not. It's so fucking far from what I, the what I'm trying to convey when I say God. But the problem is, you know, I like for example, I feel as comfortable saying in my own head. I could substitute the word universe for God. What does the universe want me to do today? Or I could easily substitute like myself. Like, what do I really, really want today? Um, it could be somebody, something else. Like, uh, what does, what is, I'm going to do, like, I agreed to do this person a favor. That's what I'm going to do today. You know, that's so-and-so wants me to do that. It, that's more, I think, what, uh, I forget where I was going with that, but I, I think that's more along the lines of what it is, not like some guy sitting in a cloud. It's more just like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I lost my train of thought. Well, I think that's a good place to end, man. I really do. Because we're not going to figure out what God is. Tell me. Speaking of losing the train of thought, I think the the experience is important, right? And the experience is that it doesn't come from your thinking. That's such a big... um, It's so stressed in Eastern philosophy that... If you want to truly experience God, it's not just something that you think about and talk about. It's something that you sit around and you tr- and you just wait for it to make sense. It doesn't come from you thinking about it and, well, one plus one is two, so two plus two is four, so, you know, one plus one plus one plus one must be four, too. Like, it's not, you can't build the thoughts like that and come to God. I mean, you can, but it's much more difficult. So it, hard. So difficult because you get stuck in those thought patterns. You get stuck in right. the knowing, the wanting but to know. even then... Right. Even then, the the thinking just gets you to a point where you can't think anymore, and then it pops you out of your train of thought or your your thinking mind. And all of these different paths are meant to do that. So in the 
Jnanapath or Yanapath, it's knowledge. So you think and you think and you think and you dissect and you uh, deduct until you reach this point where you can't think anymore and bam, you know, you're you're in this thing of not thinking and yet things are still happening. In the Bhakti path, the idea is to get so like, you know, I only want God. I don't want anything else. I don't want myself. I don't care what I want. So you don't have to think. If you're totally into what somebody else is doing, you don't have to think about it, you know? You just do it and you, they tell you what to do and you do it. That's uh, in the, an easier path, but you kind of have to have a certain temperament to to pull it off. Then there's karma yoga, which is uh, whatever, you, whatever you're doing at any given point, just do it. Don't, you don't have to think about it. You know, you may have to think about it a little bit, but that, you know, you're probably overthinking most of the things. So just find out what you're doing and do it. And don't be so attached to, oh, will this be, well, am I doing it right? Am I doing it good? And it's more just like, just fucking do it, you know, and then see what happens later. And I think the last one is Kriya Yoga, which is more uh, like, or I guess, I guess Raja Yoga is the like yoga classic, but then there's also like Kriya Yoga. Yoga classic, Yoga light. Diet, diet yoga. <laughs> yeah, let me get the uh, let me get the diet raspberry bhakti yoga, please. <laughs> Yo, can I get that fucking uh, diet DP, dude? Can I get that fucking cherry that cherry Dr Pepper fucking yoga, bro? Yes, uh, but I think uh, the important thing is that it gets you out of your thinking mind. So in this instance, you're like, well, let me pray because praying it's it's a classic not thinking thing. You just you pray to God and whatever happens happens, right? You're the only thinking involved is like getting the prayer out there, making the the thought form like a prayer form, and then you get this uh, fucking uh, fuck, man. What was I talking about? See, fucking weed. Short term response. Memory. Well, I got a response. Yeah, you get a response. Oh, yeah, because I was drawing a parallel. So for you. You went out of your thinking mind. You're like, I, I can't think this problem away, so I'm going to try prayer, right? And then something happens that you can't explain. You can't conceptualize it in a way that really feels comfortable. So it pops you out of your thinking mind. And for that moment, you're like, oh, fuck, that's right. That's what this shit's all about. Fuck, fuck, fuck. And then there's like, it almost feels like a cascade of It felt good. I realizations. felt very peaceful. Yeah. I, felt, I felt sad, angry, happy, peaceful. And I and then I was just I I was really shaken up by it and I was like, well, I can't, I can't forget this. I can't, I can't act like this didn't happen. I really can't, because it did happen and it was fucking mm -hmm. crazy. <laughs> and this has been conversations for our grandkids, and this was also fucking crazy. So. Yeah, yeah. I feel better though because uh, I feel like I w I would like to talk about God and mysticism and all that shit more, but. I just, I, I like to get chances to explain myself because it's very easy to misconstrue these, yeah, these terms think, that we throw around. I think personally, and this is just me, this is me talking to Adam personally here. It's shut up, everybody. I'm talking to Adam, my friend. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think that might be your, uh, your specific Chinese finger trap and that you, you really want to talk about it to the point where like everybody else around is like, nah, I'm not talking about this shit with you. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then, yeah. And then when yeah. you don't, and then it just happens. It just like today, it just happened. And, and yeah. And it's the same. It's the same. I know, I know what it is. It's the same thing I feel with other shit. You know what I mean? It's the same thing I feel yeah. with like this need to like find somebody or something like that. You know, you know what like, it is. I try to find this balance because I find when I'm not actively trying to talk to people, 
I just like, I just shut down. I get quiet. I just, I'm, I'd rather just like see what happens in my head, what kind of ideas are floating around, what sensations are happening, what colors I'm seeing, how things like, if I'm watching a show, it's, I'm not just listening to their voices. I'm seeing like, oh, he's like two thirds to the left in the screen. Like, that's a good, like seeing how things are framed and et cetera, et cetera. So if I don't actively like, oh yeah, remember, like there are other people out there in the world who like, you could like, your friends like to hear from you, like, you know, and I try to talk to people. It sounds so fucking like sociopathic. Like I try to be a normal person, <laughs> but the problem I run into is like, I don't really want to talk about anything except spirituality or like practices or the spiritual concepts these days anyway. So it's like when I try to talk, that's all that comes out. So, or that's a lot of what comes out. So I, tr I try to find this balance of talking and not talking. That's <laughs> helpful. But it's tough, man, because you're right. I do. I just want to talk about it all the time. It's all I think about. It's all I, I get really it, man. I get do. it. I'll, I'll try to I'll try to have feign conversation with somebody and it just comes out as like, show me your tits. But not like in those words. I'm, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a little I don't say it that way. But I mean, that's the idea, basically. And I think people know that they're aware of that. They see that they go, oh, this guy's just trying to, like, use me, essentially. And. I can't say that it's not true in, a, in most cases, right? Sorry, ladies. <laughs> there, 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 there are a few people that I, I definitely enjoy talking to and being around. and But, you know, uh, those individuals are not in Philadelphia. So feel good about that. Um, yeah, there you go. But hey, yeah, all my Philly girls hit my man Shane. Well, no, up. except for my comedian friends. I want to talk to you guys, but I'm not trying oh! to fuck you guys either. I'm not trying to fuck you guys. <laughs> that's, a, that's the big <laughs> difference here. That's what I'm talking about specifically. Yeah. But anyway, this is been conversations for our grandkids. Please uh, like us on Facebook, review us on iTunes. We are on Stitcher. It's conversations for our grandkids. Tweet at us. It's convo for grandkids. Uh, that's the number four convo for grandkids. Uh, and mm -hmm. Adam runs that. So if you interact with him on there, that's that's all Adam. Um, and, you know, tell us what you think, man. Tell us which flavor of yoga you like the most. Yeah. At CandyMunchers.com. You can leave comments and shit. Shout yeah. out to Danielle and Fallon for commenting again. You know, yeah. awesome. I really love it. You guys are awesome. It's nice. I really like to know, like, what people think about while they're listening to, to our conversations. Because all I really know is what I was thinking about and what you were sort of thinking about because you you tell me but I, I don't get to hear I did it all other for the people's nookie, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel a lot better yeah me too you're